Welcome to Israel and You, bringing Israel and the Jewish people into focus. Our host is Aaron David Free, president of Israel Team Advocates International. Aaron is an author, speaker, Bible teacher, and an advocate for Israel and the Jewish people on college campuses nationwide. This is Israel and You. Welcome to Israel and You. And today we have a very special guest with us, Yehudit Barsky. Yehudit has devoted her career to the study of Islamist terrorist organizations and movements, specifically interested in the motivations and ideologies driving the global adherence of these organizations. Yehudit has frequently focused on the combination of anti-Semitism and Islamism that seems to defy Western logic. Fluent in Arabic and Hebrew, Ms. Barsky holds a master's degree in international relations and Near Eastern studies and a bachelor's degree in international relations and Jewish history and civilization, both from New York University. With particular interest in the security of the Jewish community, Yehudit has conducted research and led the Division of Middle East and International Terrorism at the American Jewish Committee for 14 years. Ms. Barsky regularly briefs media, law enforcement agencies, and Jewish communities on the implications of terrorism on U.S. policy, serves as senior advisor and Middle East specialist for intelligence and analysis, and recently, your uh, recent publication was on uh, Islamist anti-Semitism in the U.S., and I met Yehudit uh, this past summer in um, Oxford University in the UK at ISGAP. And ISGAP is the Institute for the Study of Global Anti-Semitism and Policy. And Yehudit was one of the presenters at this conference and uh, got to know her there. A, a brilliant woman that is just uh, understands Hamas, has, has written uh, paper after paper on on uh, Islamic terrorism and uh, papers about Hamas and Hezbollah. And so, uh, Yehudit, welcome to Israel and you. Thank you so much for having me. So I want to jump in, and I know the listeners, myself included, um, you know, we are in this long, drawn-out war presently in, in Israel and in the Gaza Strip, uh, with Hamas, and you're, you're an expert, and, and you advise um, organizations in the U.S. that are are defending our country, and you you teach them about the ideology of Hamas. You're an expert in this field, so in your perspective, what is happening right now? And a lot of people are asking me, you know, why don't uh, why doesn't Hamas just give in, give up, give up the hostages, and uh, you know, stop this war and just move on. But why the continued hostage crisis and, and why is it that they don't surrender? Uh, well, so thank you for asking me uh, such such an important question because many, many people are also asking me that question these days. So from, from the standpoint of um, Hamas's ideology, uh, they feel that that, that that we're we're living in uh, the equivalent of of uh, end times, and the fact that they were able to succeed on October seventh, unfortunately, uh, means that they're energized by that, and they feel that that they that they should continue what they're doing. They should find any possible way to continue what they're doing, and in fact, um, one of the leaders of, of Hamas. Uh, 
uh, declared uh, shortly after uh, uh, shortly after October seventh, in the weeks following October seventh, uh, that that Hamas intended to c- uh, commit another uh, another mass casualty attack, such as October seventh, again and again and again, until Israel would be destroyed. They feel that that uh, God is on their side and that they are. They are in this um, in this process where they they feel that they they really are going to uh, have the capacity and the ability with the with the help of of Iran um, as well as others to uh, eradicate Israel. Hmm. So they feel they feel they have the upper hand, uh, and this is despite the very heavy casualties um, among uh, Gazan civilians. Uh, they they. Are not interested in protecting Gazan civilians, unfortunately, and we've seen over uh, the last weeks um, Gazans coming out in spontaneous demonstrations against Hamas, demanding demanding that the that the Hamas uh, there isn't really a government anymore, but demanding that that Hamas uh, leave, that, that Hamas that there should there should no longer be Hamas uh, controlling them because of what of because of what they've done to Gaza. So so Hamas believes they have the upper hand, and then holding on to the hostages means that uh, they are able to protect their leadership, because as long as they have hostages, so the Israeli uh, military is not able to fully. Uh, Open fire on them, or is concerned about where the hostages are. Are the host- where where are the hostages? If they're they're in the proximity of the the Hamas leadership, um, it's almost like you have you know one you know one hand tied behind your back uh, because of because of that situation. Otherwise, you'd be able to just find them and uh, either capture them or or um, or or eliminate them. So this is a way of keeping the the Hamas leadership in power and. One of the things that they would like to do, um, for them, victory means being able to survive to fight another day. So mm. it could be that Gaza is that, that Gaza is in shambles, but from their point of view, if they survive to fight another day and they can reorganize themselves, they will declare victory. And and that that's that is because of their mindset, because of their ideology. Yeah, it's just amazing in, in the Western mind. In, in, in the American mind, we think of a soldier as you know, someone that's protecting uh, citizens, protecting borders, and uh, eradicating evil. Uh, but in Hamas's mindset, it, it just, they, they, we, I can't comprehend how they would not be concerned about the civilians that they govern. The civilians that they govern, you know, hiding behind them in hospitals and schools and allowing them uh, to perish for the sake of their ideology. It doesn't, you know, for our, our mindset, it's incomprehensible. And so it's unconscionable. But again, like what you're saying, Yehudit, it, it is a, a radical Islamist religious ideology. And, um, you know, based on their their perception of the end times, and uh, so, is their goal to establish um, an international caliphate of this radical ideology? Um, yes, but let me let me just take one step back because I'd sure. like to. Um, I really should have said this a little bit earlier. I'd like to differentiate between regular Muslims who do not believe in that ideology, have nothing nothing to do whatsoever, and um, 
with with that ideology, you don't believe in it, and the ideology of of Hamas, which is an extremist um, ideology that which demonizes anyone who is not who does not believe in in their ideology, including fellow Muslims. So in the early days of of Hamas, they actually went after uh, their own people. They went after fellow Muslims who they they decreed and declared uh, were not um, sufficiently observant, uh, meaning that they didn't follow the ideology of of Hamas, that they wanted to follow the the teachings of their parents and grandparents who, meaning mainstream, mainstream Islam, anybody who did not want to join their movement, they would persecute. Anyone who is opposed to their movement, they persecute, and it still goes on. It's still going on now. Um, there have been there have been several uh, uh, demonstrations, but prior to the war, going back a couple of years, uh, demonstrations against the Hamas regime in Gaza, and Hamas arrested all of these people. There were some people who were saying, you know, we want we want to be able to express ourselves. We want to be able to. Uh, there were some there were some um, young young women. Uh, who wanted to have a theater, um, and Hamas doesn't. That, that's one of the things that Hamas feels is uh, inappropriate to have. So they arrested them. They put them in jail. Um, and so this is uh, they. They first went after their own people to eliminate any kind of uh, opposition to their movement. But their ideology, in and of itself, in the charter of of Hamas, you will see um, that, that they declare that their goal is to um, eliminate Israel. Uh, and destroy Israel, and they they use quotes from the from the anti-Semitic um, tract from over 100 years ago from from the Tsarist period in Russia, the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, talking about worldwide Jewish conspiracy uh, and demonizing Jews. So this is part and parcel of of their ideology, and I just wanted to make make clear that that's not that is not the same thing that. Um, uh, mainstream Muslims believe. So, um, so going going back to uh, your your question, um, they they do they do believe that that we are living in um, in a period of of end times, and they have in recent years become closer to. Uh, Although they themselves believe that they, and also in the in the charter of of Hamas that they want to create. Uh, a caliphate or or worldwide Islamic state throughout the world. They in the last several years they've been, become closer to uh, Islamic State uh, and the other jihadist organizations that were active uh, a number of years ago. Uh, Al Qaeda, Islamic State, closer, somewhat closer to their ideology and speaking in the same kind of terms. And we we also saw during during these uh, weeks of war uh, that. Not only did they have Hamas flags uh, or or Hamas um, symbols in their homes or on their uh, sometimes on, on uniforms, um, but would, there were there were Islamic State flags that were brought when they when they invaded on October seventh. So they had Hamas flags with them, but they also had Islamic State flags with them. And um, so this is part of you know, they definitely have that in common. Wow. So, you know, I've heard so many statistics. I'm not sure which one is right, but um, they say that there's 1.5 billion uh, Muslim people in the religion of Islam in the world. And I've heard numbers, you know, somewhere between 300 and 500 million 
that are radicalized, um, uh, that believe in this Islamic uh, ideology that you're talking about. So is, is that a conservative number, Yehudi, 500 million? So that's that's been an estimate that uh, that's been made for a number of years. And um, this, so the strange part is if you turn on the television, of course, anything that's negative, you get you get to see that on television. You normally right. don't get to see, you don't don't normally get to see regular people <laughs> on television. Right. I wish I wish you would see regular people on television. Um, so yes, that's that's correct. So the overwhelming, at least according to uh, polls that they've done, so okay. the overwhelming number of of people are not involved with these kinds of things. But unfortunately, you're talking about people who are highly motivated, highly energized, who. Um, <clears throat> And, and you, you know, you have this as well in other extremist movements. Most most people are not involved in extremist movements, but the ones who are, they get they get a lot of attention, um, and uh, unfortunately, kill people and 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 do terrible damage to society, uh, and terrible damage to uh, as well to to their own to their own society and um, and families of victims, um, and ultimately, uh, we're talking about destroying. They're they're destroying their own society from within by by supporting these movements. So anyone who's supporting these movements, um, and unfortunately in in, uh, in recent weeks there have been polls of Palestinians uh, in which um, the support for Hamas in the West Bank uh, rose exponentially, ro- mm. rose to uh, uh, over ninety percent. In mm-hmm. Gaza, it, it was it's lower than that because people in Gaza actually um, they live under they've been living under the uh, un, under Hamas and have suffered under uh, under Hamas. Uh, so you kind of see this very strange inversion where the people who are not under under uh, the leadership under the um, under the thumb, shall we say, of, of a Hamas dictatorship uh, are are have been praising them and been very excited about them, but those who actually lived in Gaza. Uh, I'm sorry. Live in Gaza and, and are and are in that area and lived under the regime of, of Hamas. There's much less support uh, for them. And those those polls were done uh, some weeks ago. It may be even lower now because you you actually see people uh, coming out into the streets and calling for uh, the overthrow of of the Hamas regime in Gaza. So in the in the Western world, I mean, you, you do work with a secure community network which is protecting Jewish communities. Um, but in the Western world, if we're talking 500 million radicalized Islamists that believe in what Hamas believes, how many would you say are in, in the United States, radicalized uh, Islamists? So I, I would, based, in other words, based on, based on those um, figures, it's, it's a somewhat of a similar, um, a similar number. Um, there were, there were, there have been some polls and I don't have the figure with me right at this moment. Um, there was, there was a recent poll, uh, that also demonstrated, unfortunately, um, a rise, um, after October 7th, a rise in support, um, a rise in sympathy for Hamas among American Muslims, in other words, because of October 7th. Right. So, um, so we have we have some um, uh, similar number, which maybe I maybe I can um, uh, find for you before before we end our conversation. Sure. In, in 
uh, a question that I receive as well, Yehudit, is especially after October 7th, um, there is a lot of empathy, you might say, coming from uh, people concerning uh, the Palestinians and empathy for Hamas, that they had the right to commit uh, genocide and continued genocide in Israel. And, you know, the, the rhyme that they're uh, using is from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. And of course, the river is the Jordan and the sea is the Mediterranean. And if you look at a map that's genocide, it's pushing all the Jews that live within Israel into the sea. And so I just returned last evening from speaking at a um, law school on the East Coast about anti-Semitism. And one of the heartfelt questions, you know, came from a law student was, um, is anti-Semitism and Zionism, uh, you know, are, are they different? Is it okay to be an anti-Zionist and still remain a, a person that loves Jewish people? And so my answer was, no, it's anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism. And so the student was, you know, concerned and maybe even uh, cons- um, disagreed with with my answer. And uh, the issue is that's that's like a growing trend that that people in the United States are saying, "Hey, anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism." But what saith you, Yehudi? Do you believe that anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, and and why? So I so I. I it's not. It's not just a question of belief of uh, that anti-Semitism that uh, anti-Zionism is anti-Semitism, um, because Zionism is is the idea, the concept that the that the Jewish people and and Jewish people are not just a religion. Jewish people are are a people. Um, we we've actually prior to 1948, we previously had a country. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was under Roman occupation. Um, and there were there was an exile, and and from and from uh, from our perspective, we we returned to our country, um, and reestablished the state of Israel in 1948. Uh, so, the idea of Zionism is that the Jewish people have the right to self determination, have the right to a state, uh, and unfortunately, there are people who think that. And that they're that the only Jewish country on the face of the globe does not have the right to have mm-hmm. a state. Um, so I, I would ask the question of of those who who think so, uh, why why is it that you're singling out <clears throat> Jewish people not to have a state when every other nationality uh, is allowed to have a state? Every other nationality, and, and I'm sure they, there are many people who support all kinds of uh, various minorities, uh, including Palestinians. Or, um, who uh, who uh, want to have a state? So if it's okay for all of those other people, why are you singling out Jewish people on the level of of of, uh, of being able to have a state? So I find that a parallel between uh, the uh, uh, persecution of Jewish people, making Jewish people the other on a national level, that anti-Semitism. Uh, we usually think of anti-Semitism, which is correct, that it's persecution against Jewish people, um, uh, demonizing Jewish people. But anti-Zionism is demonizing the, the state 
of the Jewish people and singling out the state of the Jewish people. So when we when we talk about that, I think we need to ask ourselves that question. Why, if, if, if the United States is allowed to have its own country or the French are allowed to have their own country or, I don't know, um, Zimbabwe, um, you know, whichever country in the world, if all these other countries can, are, are allowed to have a state and have the right to a state, why, why is it that Jewish people, why is it that the Jewish nation is singled out? And if you, if, and if you think that Jewish people should be singled out, then you're, you're feeding into um, anti-Semitism, but on a national scale. Right. That's a great answer. You know, as, as you were talking, I was thinking about the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, and where, where God says uh, to Abraham, I'm, I'm giving you some promises. Uh, the first is that you will be a great nation. So there's a national identity. There's a promise of, you know, peoplehood because uh, you as a people, you will bless all the families of the earth. So there's a national identity. There's a, there's a peoplehood. And then there's a land promise. And I'll, I'll give you your own land as an eternal possession. And so I looked up eternal in the dictionary, and it, it, you know what it means? It means eternal. And so, uh, so to, so I might say, Hey, you know, I, I, I like the peoplehood. I like the Jewish people. Uh, I just don't like their national identity and I don't think they have a right to exist within their own land. And so however you slice that, in my opinion, you, it's anti-Semitism because you're attacking uh, the promises that God gave to Israel. And, and one of those promises was a, a state, a, a, you know, a national identity, and another was a land. And so I don't, I don't think you can separate. And someone once said you can't separate a Jew from the land. And I, I believe that's true because of the Abrahamic covenant. That they, they both go hand in hand. And so I really think that it's an attack on the chosenness of Israel and the promises that God made with Israel. And I like what um, Jonathan Sachs, uh, late Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, uh, blessed memory, said, in the Middle Ages, Jews were hated because of their religion. You know, we hated Judaism. And then in the 19th, uh, 20th centuries, uh, we hated uh, Jews because of their race. Um, and now today, he, he wrote a piece called The Mutation of Anti-Semitism. Anti-Semitism mutates over the centuries. And today, the new form of anti-Semitism is human rights. And so that's where uh, this whole new uh, mutation of anti-Semitism is going. It's basically saying that, you know, we hated Jews because of their race. We hated them because of their religion. And now we hate them because they live in Israel and we're blaming them for harming the human rights of the Palestinians. So it's, to me, being an anti-Zionist is just another way uh, to discriminate, delegitimize, and demonize Jews. Uh, so I, I agree with what you're saying, Yehuda. Well, it's, it's, a, it's, very, it's very unfortunate. I think that probably there's an, there's an element of, um, of education. I think you, you brought... You brought something. That, uh, you brought the quote from um, the late 
Rabbi Sachs, um, a blessed memory, but as, but as well, uh, the, the the quote from um, from Genesis, which uh, which is the origin of um, of the Jewish people, and in, in, in addition to that, um, I I would add that um, uh, we're supposed to be as believing people, um, we're we're supposed to be uh, trying to bring good into the world. And we, we should be, unless someone does otherwise, of course, uh, we should be trying to see the, the good in other people and understand um, understand their background, understand where they're coming from, and um, and try and try to see see things uh, from their perspective, and, and trying to understand Jewish people from the standpoint not just of the fact that they are a religious group, but also a national group. Um, and and that's something that some people um, may not really have an awareness of. So I think that's something that's part of part of um, uh, an educational um, effort that needs to be done. Yeah, I agree. And um, the three university professors, when they were asked the question, uh, you know, is is the call for genocide uh, against Israel is that hate speech? And all three said, you know, it depends on the context. So, so in this case, it does depend on the context. And just to look at, you've got to look at the context of history. If there had been an Israel, there would have never been a Holocaust, in my opinion. The, the, the Jewish people would have had a place where they could flee to, a, a safe place. And so, you know, you and I come from the old country, our families. And my family fled uh, Russia in 1905, or 1903 to 1905, the, the Kishinev pogroms. And some of my uh, great-grandfather's family were murdered in the Kishinev pogroms, where literally priests were running through the streets saying, uh, proclaiming, kill the Jews. Some Jews were even beheaded by baptized Christians. And so they fled. And they, they, they fled to Canada and then into the United States. So if there would have been an Israel, they would have had a place to go. They, they would have not been living in Russia with antagonistic people that wanted to, to kill them and oppress them. And so you, you have to look at the context of all these centuries of history of persecution of the Jews. And now finally they have their own place, their own uh, national identity once again after 2,000 years and so to deny them that freedom uh, for uh, existence within their own borders um, I agree with you that's that's uh, highly anti-Semitic. So Yehuda it's so wonderful to have you again on Israel and You and I, I thank you for your expertise. I thank you for uh, all that you do and all your work in defending our people from anti-Semitism and we'd love to have you back on Israel and you very soon. Thank you very much for the opportunity. And um, I would like to thank all of, all of your listeners for, uh, for their very stalwart support and all of the, all of the efforts that they're, that they're making because it really helps Jewish people feel less alone. Thank you, Huda. And we'll see you all next time.